Blog Talk Radio. Greetings and hello. This is Joelle. I am the Vibrarian, and you are tuned in to an episode of the Psychic Inside Show. Now, I believe that everyone is psychic and you just may not realize it yet. So on this show, I get an opportunity to share with you stories from people who have opened up to all of the aspects of their, themselves, have embraced the psychic life in various ways, and let me tell you, these conversations are just so fascinating to me. <laughs> I think I've interviewed probably 45 or 50 people at this point in time, and let me tell you, from childhood to late adulthood to maturity, the ways that people experience their gifts is so unique and different. You just really can't have a template that says, this is how my life is going to turn out. And so these conversations give us an opportunity for you to hear something that might turn on a light bulb and help you to understand an aspect of yourself more clearly. So This podcast is available in all of the directories like iTunes, on Google Play. You can find it under the Psychic Inside Show. And all of the episodes eventually make it over to the Vibrary YouTube channel. We've got a little bit of a backlog in my queue right now. I think I'm about four episodes back. But if you would just subscribe to the Vibrary channel, and that's V-I-B-E-R-A-R-Y, then you'll get notified as new episodes get processed and uploaded. So I'm here on generally Tuesdays, but today's show is a special episode because I needed to make some adjustments to account for the fact that my guest lives across the pond, as they say, all right, over in the UK. So my guest today is Emily Sharples, and I met Emily through a beautiful series of synchronicities, which I will share here with you just in a moment. Uh, Just to finish up the housekeeping, the show line for Blog Talk Radio is uh, 646-787-8436. If you're calling in Blog Talk, then you press the pound and the one key. That lets me know that you have a question that you would like to have answered. And if you are calling on today's special Zoom call, then the number, let me see if I can find that number here. I've got a lot of things happening and open. Well, it's around here somewhere. Let me grab that for you and get it. I've got it, Joelle. Okay, great. If you could go ahead and share that phone number, especially for the UK people. Yes. For UK callers, the phone number is 44. 203-481-5240. Did you want me to share the Zoom link as well? Yes, great. Okay, so the meeting ID for Zoom is 833-4192-2270. Wonderful. Teamwork makes the dream work. So if you are <laughs> in the Zoom interface, I will see your hand come up, and everyone should be on mute, and if you are not, don't mind if we go ahead and put you on mute uh, during the first part of the show, just to keep it together. Also, this episode is going to be, is recorded, so um, you'll get that notification when you log in, and we'll do a little editing before we do post it over to Blog Talk, uh, to the YouTube channel. So. 
uh, without any further housekeeping kind of situations, um, the way that I came to meet Emily is very interesting. So I watch a lot of phenomenal people on YouTube, and one of the folks that I uh, learned about through my best friend um, is Amanda Ellis. And Amanda is a longtime voice, but I only really started listening to her probably in the last year or so. And one day she was featuring a deck that I had recently looked at on Amazon. It had, I had been going through a kind of Lemurian activation. And so here she was using the deck that I had put in my cart but decided not to buy. And there she was using this Lemurian Star Child Oracle, and I loved the cards, and it gave me an opportunity to kind of see the images more broadly than what I had seen in Amazon. And so I went ahead and ordered it, and then not even I started following them on Instagram in the weeks that it took my deck to come from across the pond, right? Um, and as I was doing that, other people who were using the deck started coming into my feed and awareness, and there was Emily, and she was sharing from the Lemuria Star Child, and just immediately when I saw her face and her energy, I was like, oh, I love her energy. I think she's a soul sister clearly beyond this. So I watched a couple of her lives on her Instagram, and I was like, oh, this is definitely somebody that I want to be more connected to. So I reached out, and we had a chat, and in the ensuing months, I'm just delighted to say that a sisterhood and friendship has developed between the two of us. And she activates me all the time. I enjoy following her guidance on Instagram because she teaches uh, beautiful things and very short and digestible tidbits. Like they're not hors d'oeuvres or appetizers, they're full meals, but they're small plates. So tap us if you will, because it's like a complete experience. So without any further ado, let me welcome to the Psychic Inside Show, Emily. Emily, welcome. Oh, thank you. I'm so honored to be here. Honestly, this is like a childhood dream of mine come true. No joke. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Now, Emily, you are over in the UK. Can you share with our listeners, where are you? Yeah. So I live in a small town called Rothwell, which is in the county of Northamptonshire. So kind of East Midlands way. What does East Midlands mean? So it means basically we're not really near any sea <laughs> or any beach. Um, we're about an hour's train journey from London. Um, so, yeah, it's quite a central part of um, England. There's not really that much here, but there's a lot of beautiful countryside. And um, our town is quite nice and small. And, yeah, it's, it's a lovely place to live. Okay, well, that sounds really cool. I did think at one point in time that you lived in London, but then I got the sense from talking to you when you would go, say you're going on holiday, that it was not close to you per se. And then when I looked on the map to see, okay, where are we talking about? I was like, she's not in London at all. It's not even a suburb of <laughs> London. <laughs> you're rather, uh, like you said, it's a, a, a drive out into the countryside, I guess you would say. Yeah, we're kind of like out in the sticks, but um, 
you know, it's good because you only have to hop on a train and then it takes about an hour and you're in London. Um, we actually used to live in Milton Keynes, which is even closer to London, um, when my husband worked there in London because it was such a short commute. But uh, we found that after having our son, we wanted to move back closer to our families. You both live in Northamptonshire and also, you know, just get away from some of the busyness and be more around nature. <laughs> Okay. Well, so here in the United States, if you go into more rural settings, they're not necessarily as woo-woo. So things such as psychic readings, Reiki healing, and all that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff are less prevalent the smaller Mm -hmm. the community that you go to. Is it like that there? Yeah, for sure. Like, I don't really know many people local to me that are into the sort of spiritual kind of things. Um, There's like one lady in the next town who I know, she's just opened up like a spiritual healing center and we do a lot of work together. But aside from that, you tend to find that um, the more sort of spiritual locations are your busy places like London or, um, you know, going going southwards, you've got like Brighton, um, the more sort of places that would be considered alternative. And I think there's more um, sort of alternative views when you get into the busier places like the cities and stuff. So, yeah, it's like that here, too. <laughs> so. With that being like the cradle of where you grew up, and um, yeah. so what did when did you first realize that you might be having a different kind of experience from other people? Right. So uh, yes, uh, Northamptonshire is my hometown, so I have spent most of my life here. Although I've uh, moved around a little bit in my early adult life, um, so I was raised in a Christian family. Um, so up until the age of about 17, 18, I was going to church every Sunday. Um, and really, my first kind of experience um, in the psychic realm or the spiritual realm is actually my very first memory. Um, so I was about two or three as a child, and we had like a frosted glass door. So, you know, you can see like the outline of things behind, behind frosted glass, but not the full detail, right? Um, I actually saw a man with very old fashioned clothing, like a top hat, big boots and a beard through this door. Mm. And um, my mum now, she says to me that um, she because it was I was around the age of two or three, I could had very limited speech. My speech hadn't developed. So I used to run up to her and tug on her and say, oh, come on, come to the door. And my cat used to fuzz up at the door and yowl at the door as well. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Were you scared? Um, I think I remember feeling scared at the time because it was something that was there that shouldn't really be there. Um, but I'm not sure whether, you know, the being itself was, you know, of a bad or dark nature. Um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, it's kind of hard to remember because it was so long ago um but yeah I just remember it very vividly and then all throughout my life I've had um experiences of a similar nature where I've kind of been able to see or sense things that most people wouldn't I mean I remember as a child I used to get called silly or like I had an overactive imagination a lot um 
you know, and, oh, no, darling, that's not really happening. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is there any indication that in your family there were, like, psychic manifestations that people just didn't use the same language to call it that? So a story that my grandma, she's passed now, she passed when I was 17, um, used to tell me and my grandma was you know a staunch christian um most of my family are christians or not really side of things although my mum is opening up to it a lot more um i do come from a very sort of religious background if you like mm-hmm. so but my grandma i remember her telling me this story as a child that um she was in her car she was driving late at night and she was singing a hymn about jesus from the church and she said out loud who is this Jesus? And she said to me that a vision of Jesus appeared in front of her car and said, I I am Jesus. And I, you know, I used to make her recount this story again and again. And I think she used to get a little annoyed with me because I think it was somewhat (laughs) uncomfortable or embarrassing for her to, you know, say that she'd had this sort of vision. Mm. That's so interesting because, you know, Christianity is a spiritual practice, right? It's about connecting with God through the pathway of Jesus. And yet when, and we read in the Bible about, you know, the burning bush and the angel appearing to Mary and and Sarah announcing the heralding of the birth of the Christ. So all these magical things are happening in the biblical stories we hear, but then there is a disconnect from our own actual living that experience of, well, yeah, Jesus said, hey, when I was walking right down the road, right? Well, Mary (laughs) and Sarah knows they had that same kind of thing as it said, well, Jesus, you know, when, of course, if you're following the the story of Christ's resurrection, when the people say, hey, I I just saw dead Jesus and he was alive, (laughs) right? That that kind of conversation was like, as intense for them probably as it has been for those of us who have had supernatural revelations that really are not that super. They're actually more natural, you know, so. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I completely agree. And, um, you know, that ended up being one of the reasons that I eventually kind of left the church environment um, as a teenager, because I think some of the things that I could sense and pick up on, um, people were not used to uh, other people speaking so freely about things like that, you know, spirits or um, energies or attachments and things like that. And uh, actually, like, when you go back and look in the New Testament at Jesus, um, you know, he said people go and heal in my name and you know I give you you know the authority to cast demons and things out in my name um Mm -hmm. but the certainly the church environment that I was in uh would have found that 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 was kind of strange and I think I was looked upon as a bit of a black sheep (laughs) (laughs) I was it's hard to imagine because you're just so sweet but yes I, I get the energy of it as well um, now, you've mentioned 17 a couple times. Was there a transformation that happened for you as you then were going through pulling away from the church structure? 
Um, was it a larger context for your activation, or was it just kind of like transitioning from youth to adulthood, uh, independence? Yeah. There's kind of a couple of things about that specific time period that stick out. Um, firstly, I uh, was in my sort of first serious relationship, and I think that as a teenager, you kind of become obsessed with your first love, don't you? And you kind of just want to focus everything on that. Uh, but we live and learn because that relationship turned out to be very toxic. <laughs> mm-hmm. Never mind. Um, mm-hmm. We live and learn, as I say. Um, mm. But also the death of my grandmother, who was the lady I just spoke about, um, was a big sort of, it sort of rocked my face a little bit at that time, I think. Um and I think it was just the general, you know, rebelling as a teenager as well and <laughs> wanting to do mm-hmm. my own thing. So as you move from that kind of dark night of the soul or transition catalyst kind of period, a lot of us, of course, are moving from generational phases and independence but did you go into a traditional career at that point or were you starting to develop your psychic gifts in a specific way alongside of that or what was the next phase like for you well joelle you might be interested to know that my first job when i was 15 years old was a librarian Um, Um, And that was kind of just a part-time job because I was studying as well. And I actually, um, at that time, I wanted to go to university and study to become a teacher. But um, that actually didn't work out. I ended up uh, leaving university after two years um, for various reasons. I I just didn't feel it was right. It wasn't what I expected it to be. Um, A lot of the, we have something called a national curriculum here that we teach in schools. Um, find that I resonated with a lot of it and it was a lot of work to take home as well and uh, a lot of paperwork I I wanted to do that job because I had a heart to help children I wanted to make a difference in children's lives and I I totally believe that our teachers do that they're amazing Um, Mm -hmm. but it was a bit more limiting than what I thought it would be so um, I actually ended up quitting university much to the dismay of my parents Mm-hmm. Um, and I took on a waitressing job um, just to kind of tide me over until I decided what I wanted to do. So in terms of the psychic work, um, I always knew that I had these sort of uh, abilities or whatever you want to call it, but I wasn't really pursuing that because at the time, um, I'll be honest, I was a little bit frightened of it. I don't know mm-hmm. whether it was, you know, I had a lot of experiences in the church environment with people that had um sort of not so nice I'll call it negative entities attached to them that had kind of scared me um Mm -hmm. and I felt like almost like I was targeted um I'm the sort of person I would get on a bus and someone would literally come up to me I, I remember this vividly this was an experience that I had um and he this guy his eyes turned black and he started talking at me in goodness knows what language and I thought he was going to attack me and I had this happen a lot um Mm. and I I, it it kind of scared me but I can make sense of it now (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah that definitely would be um a 
an unpleasant experience that one would not invite more into their reality. Right. I very, um, you know, in my own way of expressing my gifts, I know that as a psychic, I bring in messages from other dimensions, but one area where I don't do a lot of intentional work is mediumship with um, right. the, the deceased ancestors or the discarnate realm because of that same kind of, um, it's not, it's moved beyond fear to a place of, okay, okay I, I won't say mutual respect, but that's really the only word that I can say for it is that, okay, I see you, I'm aware of you, I'm not engaging you if you are engaging me, but I'm not going to tolerate you around me as well. But I'm not out going to looking for challenge, you know what I'm saying, that kind of dynamic. I don't want to do that as a way of life or a way of business, you know, so I'd rather not have that. But until I got my fear processed and my boundaries in, in place, to yeah. be able to say, you know, no, I'm not going to have that, then I did continually get tested, if you will. It seems that's what your little scenarios sound like. They yeah. saw you, and you're like, I'm not looking, I'm not looking, you know, and they're like, well, we see <laughs> yeah. you, you know, kind of thing. So that can be very challenging to uh, mature into the space where you're not, uh, you know, pulling back in fear because spirit never wants us to be fearful, but that means we need to learn to be competent. That way we don't feel the fear factor. I think that'd be the best way. Exactly. And I just think that so many people with these kind of abilities, um, they do go through this and they're fearful because they don't really have anyone to guide them. No one they may not have a support system or come from a family the same as I who, you know, would have known how to deal with this or help me through this or help me to make sense of these things and take that fear aspect out of it. Um, but now I've created, you know, a support system for myself. You know, I've got like you, I've got lots of spiritual friends and um, yeah, I just felt like I had these kind of gifts and abilities, but I didn't know how to use them. So I just kind of shied away from it until much later on in my life. Yes, I think that's a very common experience for us. So yeah. the the working out in the public realm as a waitress, then I know that you're highly empathic. Did you understand or your empathic abilities as you began to see so many people and help so many people in that waitressing serving service type uh, position oh for sure but you know what as well at that kind of stage in my life um I think because I was quite fearful of the abilities I used to go out and party a lot so you know I used to try and numb it out with alcohol and I think um this can be something that a lot of us empathic, psychic, spiritual people fall into because if you don't have that support and that guidance, like what are you going to do with it? it it's, it's scary. So you go out and you numb it and you try and forget. But, you know, well, whilst I was waiting tables and things, I'd have things pop into my head or images from that mm. person's life or, you know, um, I'd get phrases that I felt like I need to tell them, but I wouldn't do it because as well as being fearful, 
you know, I wasn't, I didn't believe in myself. I didn't have any mm -hmm. self-love or self-esteem. I just um, left a very toxic, abusive relationship as well. So um, that was definitely a, quite a transitional phase in my life. Mm -hmm. Well, it's so interesting because you are still, it's like you're serving, right? Like you're bringing yeah. people what they need and what they've asked for, what's going to make them happy. And, of course, then you're also fielding all their crap <laughs> with yeah. your, you know, in there uh, wanting to dump on you through their own little yeah. ego issues and struggles. So it's kind of like a boot camp. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like, it's such a harsh environment. And you know what? If you weren't getting it in the neck from the customers, you were getting it in the neck from the chef um, so, mm -hmm. <laughs> or the manager. You know, you kind of took it at all angles. But um, for sure, that job really shaped me and it definitely gave me more of a self-esteem boost because you kind of had to um, put on this mask and act like you were confident and that you knew what you were doing. You know, it's a very sociable face-to-face -face role. So it, mm -hmm. it, it was a good experience. So at what when did you kind of realize that you were healing some things from your damaging uh, first relationship and your transition out of your spiritual foundations? Like, were you aware then at a level after the partying phase or like what kind yeah. of brought that forward that shifted your kind of putting it on the back burner and parting it away, if you will? Yeah, sure. So, uh, gosh, where to start? So uh, whilst I was in that job, um, I was living in a shared house with housemates. And one of my housemates actually was, um, she was quite a bit older than me. Um, I was in my early 20s and she was in her 30s and she really wanted to find, you know, um, a partner. So she signed up to a speed dating event um, and she bought me a ticket because she wanted someone to come with her. And I was like, oh, for goodness sake, like I'm done with men. You know, I still could do it like we're done. I'm an independent woman, that kind of thing. Um, but you know what? I was like, oh, I'll just go and see what it's like. And um, there, that was where I met my now husband uh, back oh, in 2009. And when we got together, um, you know, he, I had serious trust issues and I just never thought that he was going to stick around, um, but he did. And he has been a huge part of my healing process. So that's where my healing sort of starts. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's wonderful. So your husband's name is Andy. I'm getting to call him Grandy Andy because he is <laughs> quite grand as a partner just from the things that I've seen you share and the way that the love manifests between the two of you and your family and through the work that you do together in partnership through like your YouTube channel and just being co co-adventurers in this thing called life. It is really quite beautiful to see a loving, positive, married couple role models. So shout out to the husband holding it down in the back. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. And like, I think, you know, the main thing that, you know, made me fall in love with him actually was the fact that he just has always been my biggest supporter. He wouldn't have considered himself particularly spiritual at the time that we met um 
and but he just allowed me to be me and throughout the 13 odd years that we've been together he's continued to do that and he's been a big part of my growth and I'm sure he would say like you know we've helped each other we've been we've triggered each other at times but sometimes (laughs) our triggers are our biggest um show our biggest areas that we need to heal right so right well, and that's the beautiful part about the divine beloved mirror is that it's right there with you in energy for you to trigger and heal and trigger and heal some more. But the unconditional love template uh, still preserves then that union and the commitment to work together, elevating and uplifting each other. Yeah, exactly. And I truly believe that he's, you know, my soulmate. I mean, it sounds so cliche, but like literally the moment our eyes met and he was actually sat at a table with my housemate on a date with her because <laughs> we were speed dating. So, you know, like the men move around yeah. and you get like two minutes with each person and we looked at each other and it was just like, I felt like this overwhelming sensation of like, I know you, I feel like I know mm-hmm. you and the synchronicities were just all there. So. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I, I've I've been calling y'all twin flames. You know, the word gets overused <laughs> and used wrongly, but you are actually a beautiful manifestation and evidence to me of the connection of the two aspects of soul self working harmoniously to elevate the frequency of the planet. And your YouTube channel is what? Freedom Frequency, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, correct. <laughs> yeah, and then, yes, I was gone. Well, I was going to say, so at some point after you met and were dating and doing that, you dove off the deep end into, like, full-blown, like, spiritual things. And so yeah. what did that look like as you uh, took that plunge? Okay, so um, from the time period before, when we met which was 2009 to having my son which was 2013 um yeah we I kind of up sticks left my job and uh Andy actually got a job about a month or two after we began dating uh, on the other side of the country up in Newcastle so like literally a four hour drive from where from where we lived and I was like great I've just fallen in love with this guy and he's up and leaving me right mm-hmm. um <laughs> but we managed to keep it going long distance and eventually like literally a few months later he asked if I would move in with him so you know I didn't really have many ties to where I was anymore it wasn't like a career path that I was particularly passionate about waitressing um so I left and I went to move in with him and then things really progressed um and we ended up moving back down here because as I say he got a job in London um and then you know it just goes naturally so he asked me to marry him um we got married and then literally within we got married in February 2013 and I found out I was expecting our first baby together in July of of that year so um our baby wasn't due until March 2014 um however he arrived in December 2013 on Christmas day (laughs) Um, and I was very very unwell um so he he was born at 28 weeks so he was 12 weeks premature he weighed 
two pounds, three ounces. I don't know what your guys' measures are there, but it's like a bag of sugar. Um, and after that trauma, um, you know, we went through a lot. He, our son was in hospital for three months and it was very mm-hmm. touch and go. After that trauma, I felt like I was looking for answers. I mean, I almost uh, died myself mm-hmm. and yeah. had some interesting experience whilst that was happening. You know, I was seeing spirit, feeling spirit, um, hearing spirit vividly. And I just knew that it would all be okay. Um and after that, I was looking for answers, really. Um, I was very traumatized, and I was trying to make sense. I was in this mindset of, why has this happened to me? All I wanted to do was get married and have a family. Is that too much to ask, you know, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I was just trying to make sense of things. So it turns out I met, uh, through chance, a, a lady who practice Reiki and I'd never heard of Reiki before mm-hmm. um, but it intrigued me because it was spiritual um, and she did a session for me and it was just beyond powerful it mm-hmm. I you know I'd, I'd gone through counseling um, I'd even tried the medication route which really didn't work because it just completely numbed me up mm-hmm. um, and it just released so much for me and we became friends and then I eventually began training in Reiki and it just it just blew my mind like how much more there was to mm-hmm. the spiritual side of things. So. That's so um, amazing because, you know, the crisis of life is what often then opens us to things that we never would have considered if everything were quotes normal right so emotional crisis heartbreak uh psychological emotional crisis through trauma of accidents or uh disruptions uh to your stability and your structure such as getting laid off and then depression all those things push us out of that comfort zone to be willing to risk certain things. So um, having somebody say, let me do Reiki on you, like, what in the world is Reiki? And, you know, (laughs) but then you've already kind of released some of your structures and belief systems that would further scare you off of that modality, you know, to be able to say, let me see what this is about. The proof is in the pudding, as they say, and I think that most people who have a Reiki session, they may not know exactly what happened in the Reiki, but they (laughs) know that they felt something and that it felt good, and you know what, I am definitely going to come back and lay on this table again and let you do your woo-woo thing. Right. Yeah, exactly. And like, it's just magical. And I mean, you know, I'm a, a Reiki master, call it whatever you want, titles don't really matter. But, um, you know, having done this for a number of years now, the transformations you see in pe- people is, is incredible. And I can't even explain it all. I mean, mm-hmm. if we're not supposed to know everything, right? Right, right. <laughs> We just let the the chi flow through us and do what it what Reiki goes where Reiki needs to go to bring the healing. Yeah. And the practitioner is simply the conduit for that to flow through and to others, right? 
I love yeah. that. So how many years ago was this then? How old is Sammy now? Uh, nine? So Sammy, he's eight. So, yeah, not far off. Like, yeah, and he's he's thriving now. Um, you know, he's he's caught up with everything pretty much. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we're, we're extremely, extremely, you know, blessed. And I'm, I'm so grateful for that experience. And I never thought, you know, eight years down the road, I would say I'm grateful for the fact that I nearly died. I'm grateful for the fact that my family went through that trauma. But mm-hmm. that trauma has brought us all closer together. And it hit, it has affected not just me and my healing journey but my wider family's healing journey as well well and you know reiki is one of those things that you spend quite a lot of time first doing reiki on yourself and then you know as you graduate in levels you begin to work reiki distantly and on others was uh were your husband and son like your first reiki clients beyond yourself were you reikiing sammy as uh, as he was growing and once you began to uh, acquire the the knowledge of the system yeah i sure was i mean uh, during my course i know that every every reiki master has a different way of teaching it but my reiki master you know she she wanted me to um you know do case studies so anyone I could get my hands on I was raking <laughs> <laughs> did you rake your mom yeah I did rake my mom um and I still um do reiki and readings for my mom and you know I've seen a massive um shout out to my mom by the way if you're listening to this mom I love you um, I've seen such an amazing progress with her healing journey, you know, healing from ancestral trauma, uh, abuse, all kinds of things, you know, it's not for me to talk about because it's not my journey, but mm-hmm. uh, the way that she's opened up and the ripple effect that my journey with Reiki and spirituality has had on her has been extremely healing for her and it's really beautiful to watch. That's beautiful that she a was open to it, right, and yeah. then see it grow through her. At what point did you then say, okay, um, I want to do this more professionally, and uh, I guess eventually then full timing it. And yeah. the second part of the question is going to be about like the readings and the guidance I guess let me back up a little bit when you were doing Reiki and learning it to to do were you then receiving more of the kind of psychic downloads as you were working on people and did you share those things with them or did you kind of keep it inside at first yeah so I actually just want to backtrack a little bit as well, Joelle, um, mm-hmm. because, you know, you were saying, was your mum open to that? My dad was a different story. Um, my dad, when I first told him that I was training in Reiki, said, well, what do Christians think about Reiki? That was mm-hmm. his response, you know, this very mm-hmm. kind of aggressive thing. And I said, well, I don't know. You're a Christian. What do you think about it? <laughs> my dad and I have a kind of relationship where we can speak like that to each other. We're both Sagittarians, so, you know, uh-huh. fiery. Um, but, yeah, you know, him now to where I was seven years ago when I embarked on the Reiki journey, is he's a lot more open to it, too, and he's even allowed me to send him Reiki. Uh, okay. So there we go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so when... I qualified in 
my Reiki Psyche Mastership in July 2015. Um, and I qualified in my Reiki Asui in 2018. So I have two different modalities of Reiki that I work mm-hmm. with. Um, the Saikim one is has some roots in ancient Egypt as well, mm-hmm. um, which, as you know, I'm very connected to. Um, and the Yashiri is the traditional kind of Japanese Reiki. So they both they both work in the same way, to be perfectly honest, um, mm-hmm. in my experience. Um, and then as for the readings, um, so as I say, all throughout my life, I've had so many experiences. I mean, too many to really list here where you know I've picked up on a name around someone or um I've felt like I should give someone a message or just reach out to them and text them and say hey how are you like you've been on my mm-hmm. mind and then they've come back and said oh actually things aren't great I'm going through this funny that you messaged me um mm-hmm. and then whilst I started giving Reiki to people um with how I work is it's it's like Reiki and a reading when you come to me um Mm -hmm. so I will down each chakra um the energy centers in our body pick up if I can sense any blockages or anything that needs balancing and then I ask my guides uh, my spirit guides and the angels that I call in at the beginning of each session um if there's any messages that this client needs for their highest good um, and sometimes I'll just, I'll, you know, it's different every time. Everyone's so different. I might get a vision. I might get a glimpse of a past life. I might um, see uh, some trauma that's sitting there. Um, and I also use my cards, my angel cards and my oracle cards, just to confirm that message to make sure it's not from my own ego and that it is a message from the spiritual realm. So does mm-hmm. that answer the question? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's one of the byproducts of Reiki. And, you know, depending on who you're working with to receive your first Reiki, I've been with some Reiki practitioners who never offer anything. You know, you just have the session Mm. and uh, you're not necessarily aware of whether they're receiving guidance and they just don't uh, either open to it or it's something that would be a bonus add-on, if you, you know. Yeah. And there's others who, as they do it, are immediately, like, talking to you about who's there, who's with who's with you in the room or in the healing session, and then they're telling you what your spleen is saying and your solar yeah. plexus, you know, all that. So it really has been... Uh, based on the practitioner's comfort level. But I think just yeah. attune, your attunement of uh, that, that Reiki attunement, if you, if you have that kind of session that opens up your chakras and aligns you with the energetic pathways, that in and of itself is going to amplify the receiver's uh, psychic awareness and ability to sense things through that energy body. Yeah. For sure. And like Reiki achievement, for me, it was all the times that I've gone through the achievement process has always been profound and powerful time. Mm-hmm. Um, and you go through a period of, I think it's 21 or 30 days um, where you have to do self-healing and you kind of purge a lot of your own sort of unhealed stuff. So it's a very uh, powerful process. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> and are you teaching uh, Reiki, any of the um, pathways of Reiki? Are you now teaching those to others? Um, it's something that I'm looking at opening up this year. I've got a, a few irons in the fire, so to speak, this year. Um, I wanted to kind of get, I mean, I opened my Reiki practice a couple of years ago. Um, so it's still kind of new, but um, with the pandemic and everything, it kind of forced me to work remotely mostly, so, which has been amazing. I never thought I'd be working online, but here we are. Spirit always <laughs> likes to surprise us. Um, it's opened me up to working with people in all sorts of different countries and I've, I've seen all kinds of different people from all walks of life um, and every session that I give is completely unique um, I, I never know what I'm going to walk into when I do a Reiki session <laughs> and that's why I love what I do um, because it's so interesting <laughs> I mean half the time some of the information that comes up blows me away I'm like I don't consider myself a medium Joelle you know like you said as well it's something that I wouldn't want to uh, pursue uh, for various reasons but sometimes during the sessions I might pick up on a name or um, a vision of a person and you know I went to a lady who's Malcolm which isn't <laughs> that common of a name and she was like that's my uncle who passed and I was able to describe him and she was just like wow but it's always for the client's healing and I always set that intention at the beginning you know whatever comes through I just trust in my guides that it's to help heal that person so yeah it's just different mm -hmm. every time sorry I went off in a bit of a tangent there. no no <laughs> but yes yeah, so I, I will relevant. be offering <laughs> yeah right it's all relevant. Uh, like it's the thing that spirit is always present to have the parts of ourselves shown for others that is needed um, for those, you know, so I definitely go with the flow in terms of the conversation because I trust that this is my program manager is a higher power. <laughs> <laughs> now, the, exactly. the pandemic actually started a rapid expansion for you. So talk about like January before the pandemic and then after that uh what has been your journey yeah so yeah. wow I had a huge awakening experience uh shortly after the pandemic began so in March 2020 um I when the news of uh, this virus first came about I was terrified um, you know, I was still holding on to trauma from my son's birth, being very premature. He, um, you know, even now, but not not so much now he's older, but any time he would get a cold, you know, he used to end up in hospital on, you know, with breathing support, oxygen, etc. So, you know, every winter would be back and forth to the hospital. So I was I kind of became a bit of a germaphobe. Um, you know, constantly washing my hands, staying away from anyone who had a cold. Um, and I, I was kind of working through that um, prior to the pandemic, like trying to uh, alleviate those anxieties and shed some of those anxieties because, you know, every time he would get sick, which as any parent will know is often with children, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I would get this debilitating anxiety, like not be able to sleep. And I was like, I cannot function like this. So when the pandemic hit, I went into massive fear mode. Um, you know, I was sanitizing all my groceries. Um, I didn't want to go out of the house. 
um, uh, I was just really, really worried. But I started listening actually to Amanda, who you mentioned at the beginning, Angelic Celestial Colours, I think she's called on Instagram. Um, and I started uh, listening to another lady who uh, I knew and she started um, speaking about a sort of alternative view on the whole pandemic narrative. And it really kind of helped me get out of my head with it all. Um, it helped me shift my focus and it helped me shift my fear. Um, and I started I started going down some more sort of conspiracy, I guess, if you want to call it that, rabbit mm -hmm. holes. Um, mm -hmm. But it really kind of opened my eyes um, to a lot of, uh, how, how to say it, what I thought the world was isn't what it was, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. You know the film The Matrix? Yeah. I kind of felt yeah. like I was living in The Matrix. Um, and and uh, what, uh, what I will say about rabbit holes is, it's okay to poke your head down them, but don't get stuck there because that can negatively affect your mental health as well. Um, but, you know, we live and learn. And I had this kind of big awakening experience um, maybe in the April, May uh, 2020. And I really hit a low point. Like I remember sitting in bed and just crying and I couldn't stop mm -hmm. crying because I was like, the world is so dark. Oh my mm -hmm. God. Like, what do we do with all this dark energy? And I was like, right well you know i need to i need to do what i'm here to do which is to be a healer like mm -hmm. i just have this moment of clarity like you know what am i doing with my life i need to get out of my own way remove my self-confidence blocks because that was what was holding me back from you know starting the reiki properly and just you know do this how mm -hmm. how can i help how can i help people um come out of this fear energy so yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, that was, so this uh, pandemic has given a space for lots of different experiences to happen for people. And those run from A to Z and then back and forth again, really. And you can have both A and Z, like it could be the best yeah. thing that ever happened and the worst thing that ever happened in the same space of this experience, right? <laughs> And so you are sharing about that definitely um, will resonate for people because that uh, opportunity that, that being at home gave us then to really spend time going in those rabbit holes uh, yeah. was essential uh, because yeah. if you don't know there's a problem, then how could we ever begin to solve the problem without opening the garbage pail, opening the sewers, getting down in the yeah. infection, and that's never the pretty part about it. But it does sound like you were able to rapidly, if you're talking about from like January, February through April, that's a space of only a few months that you yeah. have this rapid acceleration to moving through the fear trigger because, I mean, yeah. the pandemic is perfectly primed to be the fear trigger for a mother like you who is very concerned about her son's health and thing. It was like the perfect package <laughs> to be delivered yeah. to you frequency-wise. Exactly. And, you know, like I said to you, Joelle, like our triggers show our biggest unhealed stuff, and I knew I had such great healing to do in that area. So I just kind of thought, right, well, I better get on with it then. <laughs> and then I just, you know, I just started 
uh, watching more spiritual sort of podcasts. And um, I actually embarked on a sort of coaching program, which was called the Self Love Club, which was all about, you know, changing up your diet, changing up your exercise, just learning to love yourself and honor yourself. Because, you know, I've in the past, my whole life prior to that course, I've been a huge people pleaser. Um, so, you know, I kind of always put my own needs second. Um, and it wasn't until that I did that course that I actually kind of realized that my life purpose and my mission here is actually to help other people and to be a healer. And, you know, I had enough experience at that point to be able to help people because, you know, mm-hmm. we can only help people from uh, the point of our own experience. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's been quite a rapid um, acceleration. And I just set up my Instagram and I wasn't, you know, I was scared about, you know, doing videos and uh, speaking and putting my voice out there. But I was like, no, I I need to get out of my own way was the message I kept getting. So I did. (laughs) Well, that's been truthful, uh, truthful disclosure. And I've said this to you, but, you know, for all of my confidence in other areas of my life, getting out on social media in a way visually, like putting my videos out on my channel, doing things with my Instagram, you have been like a pusher, a squad goal, if you will, just from me seeing you because you were, you've talked very transparently about like self-love, body image issues, healthy boundaries, being an impact. You do a lot of teaching in your content, so there's that teacher energy coming up explaining certain things, but you also share in such an authentic way that it's like, okay, my sister, Emily's doing it. I can do it, too. (laughs) Yeah, so you are definitely fulfilling something of being that role model and showing from your life journey what it looks like to just do it, just making a video, just sharing something and moving past your concerns about is this appropriate, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I just think as well, like, I kind of just have the attitude now, well, this is what I want to do, this is what I feel my guides want me to do, so what's the worst that can happen, you know, when you're on this kind of spiritual path, this healing journey, um, you will come up against people that want to judge you and that have, you know, negative opinions about what you're doing, or they, and it's probably because they simply do not understand what you're doing, um, and I've actually had quite a few people who have kind of what I would call fall away from me. Um, you know, you notice that the conversations start to dry up on WhatsApp and things like that. And, it, I, you know, when I first started this, I was like, oh, my goodness, like no one wants to be my friend anymore. But <laughs> the beautiful thing about that was, was that those people leaving my life, has made a lot more space for the people that resonate me and my soul family to come in. And I feel so enriched with all the connections that I've made over the last year or two. It's been beautiful. Oh, yeah, that's hard for people because we do get settled into friendships. But it's like not realizing that our change is going to cause us to begin a different pathway um, we resist sometimes when that begins to manifest and people do fall away, but there really yeah. is no keeping things that are not of a resonant vibration. And there's no judgment in saying 
that those people are not of resonance anymore because it doesn't yeah. have to be a negative thing. It can just be what it is, and you align more okay. with the new tribe if you allow that to happen. And so to reassure anyone who's listening that might be going through a period of losing everything you once knew, including your friends, please do know that you might connect with a person through Instagram or Facebook or walking down the street and that that person may be in another country thousands of miles away from you, <laughs> but your tribe is definitely waiting to emerge. And we also do need yeah. that hermit time if we go into the tarot. You know, we need that time of going yeah. within to really see who we are. And then when we reemerge, we just don't tolerate the same things in the same way anymore, yeah. and that's okay too. Yeah, for sure. It's all such a huge journey, and it's all such a learning process. And, you know, I always say to people, you're never too old to learn. Like I, I, I have a client who came to me in her 90s, and she's like, Oh, I'm too old to learn anything new. And I'm like, what? Like, we, I don't think we ever stop learning, in, you know, until the day we die and beyond. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, if anyone's going through this kind of awakening process and they're finding that things they used to enjoy don't resonate with them anymore or people and relationships don't really resonate with them anymore, just know that, you know, this is all clearing a path for the new, more aligned energy to come in. And it is kind of like going through a bit of a rebirth process. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Coming through that yeah. cocoon and chrysalis and emerging as something new that you have no idea you're going to be. <laughs> Yeah, totally. And I love butterflies and I keep getting that sim symbolism everywhere. <laughs> yes. Now, in terms of your client, your client work, once you sat up in bed and said, I'm going to heal people, <laughs> then um, <laughs> you like what, opened your books and began more, uh, what did you do, just like turn your light on and then people started coming? So to speak, yes. I mean, I just um, my friend who actually she's 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 kind of spiritual, but she's not like serious about spiritual stuff. Um, and she's a really old friend, and she kind of doesn't get what I'm doing, but she's supportive of it. You know, she kept nagging me. Um, you know, you need to get on Instagram. You need to get on Instagram. And I had an Instagram account, but I, I, I found it really difficult to navigate. And I was quite in my comfort zone over on Facebook. But actually, when I started to share on Facebook, um, some more kind of what some people would consider controversial things, things that challenge people's thinking and their narrative, um, I was met with some not so nice uh, comments and things. And I thought, you know what, I just don't really feel like Facebook really resonates with me that much anymore as a platform. There's a lot of um, negativity on there, as with any social media platform. But I thought, oh, check out Instagram. And I noticed mm -hmm. on Instagram that there was a lot of people, you know, uh, with their own small businesses and stuff. And I was like, well, this would be a perfect place to kind of launch from so I thought I'll set it up and you know it can be a hobby if it doesn't turn into anything else but with the self-love club coaching that I was receiving as well um, I started taking it more seriously and people just naturally found me and uh, then it's just snowballed through recommendations um, 
people just seem to come across my page and like mm-hmm. it just all happens so naturally and I think that when you are following your life purpose that's when you know it's your life purpose because it just all flows and don't get me wrong you know you have ebbs you have ebbs and flows don't you with everything but mm-hmm. it, it just all happens so naturally well and that's uh, when I see you a lot of times you're like okay my books are full and I'm gonna take yeah. Need to take some personal time, so just know that I'll be back after I get this holiday with my family or after I attend things, yeah. and then you're like, I'm full again. So it does seem like it's flowing with where spirit needs you to be. And I will tell people all the time when you switch over into the more connected life then, you know, spirit becomes your marketing manager, you know, because that's really who you're working for. And so you don't have to do any lead generation because all you are doing is setting your vibration out to be of uh, loving service. And it does vibrate to you through the most amazing means uh, of the people who you can serve and it's a lot different yeah. from like people who you can make money from there's a difference in that yeah. frequency as well yeah for sure and it's so funny do you know the amount of clients and people that reach out to me for bookings and they say I I just was drawn to you I don't know what it was I feel like there's something about you or I feel like I've known you for a long time and I'm like well to me that means that you know we're connected and you know sometimes people get upset because they can't have a booking uh, when they, you know, on a certain day because they can't, they can't do it, not because of me. And I'm like, you know what? Just relax, go with the flow because you will come to me when your guides and your higher self need a session. Mm-hmm. Um, I just always, I think a big part of my journey has been learning to trust and surrender. Um, and that's a, a hard thing for someone like me, a bit of a control freak I've been uh, accused of being in the past, <laughs> you know, wanting to micromanage uh, every area of my life. But I just mm-hmm. kind of trust and flow. And um, what you hit on as well, Joelle, about me taking time off, I think it's so important if you're in this line of work um, to make sure that you are keeping yourself in um, energetic um good condition so I have to take those regular breaks to kind of um, refresh my energy and I I also a big part of my life purpose is being a mum and and a wife and spending time with my family and you don't get infinite time with them right so it's all about the balance isn't it and knowing your boundaries and your limitations because energy work can be um, quite uh, intense at times and so I have to take those Time to recharge and go into my hermit mode, as you said. Mm-hmm. And so, one of the things that we get an opportunity to talk about is for those of us in the United States is the fact of you being in the UK. Um, some of your time away has been to places like Glastonbury, which is on yeah. my list of places to go. So would you share with us a little bit about Glastonbury, why it's important, and then you, uh, your experiences that you've had yeah. more recently in Glastonbury? Yeah. So um, for many of you uh, who are listening, you'll probably know that Glastonbury is considered to be the heart chakra of the world. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> And the opportunity presented itself that uh, Andy and I could have some child-free time away. 
um really was somewhere that I've never been to before and I felt that it kept calling me um mm-hmm. I can't really explain it better than that and um obviously Joelle you mentioned at the beginning the Lemurian star child oracle deck that um you mm-hmm. know brought us two together um and I saw that that on that weekend the creators of that deck were actually holding an art exhibition um mm-hmm. in Glastonbury so I was like to Andy right do you have to go into Glastonbury um, but it was quite a last minute decision and the only kind of hotel that was suitable that was available was a haunted hotel. <laughs> <laughs> of course it was. <laughs> <laughs> so we booked a room there and Andy was like, oh, you know, there won't be any ghosts. It's just hyped up or whatever. But of course there was. Of course there was. Um, <laughs> we had like a perverted monk. I think it was a ghost of a monk or something touching my leg in the middle of the night and then touching my husband's leg and it sounded like stones were being thrown across the room we had cold breezes in the middle of August we were sat up from about 1am till 4am um you know with the lights on because it was so intense my husband actually saw an orb fly across the room um so bless him you know he does put up with a lot um <laughs> but yeah. it was fun and we we went up to the tour which you know um was um, amazing it's beautiful and I just felt that it was a very activating place it's it's a very uh potent energetic place um and we met the beautiful Leanne and Mikiel of uh, the creators of the Lemurian Star Child Oracle and we both had a card reading from them and spent some time with them and uh yeah it just we we both said when we came away from that weekend that despite our lack of sleep um we actually felt a lot more refreshed we felt rejuvenated spiritually um I can't really explain it but yeah <laughs> well that when you talked about the ghost in the room and you know I just immediately oh. saw all the shows where they're in some kind of old hotel facility or something and then it's oh. all drafty and there's a little fireplace and then you know yeah the energy comes through and so when you were sharing that with me about being tapped on the leg you know I was like oh. I would not have probably stayed the rest of the night <laughs> I mean, I in the cold like oh I can't stay in there you know it it was crazy I mean the next morning we went down um to check out and uh, there was a guy standing at the bottom of these stairs, like this old guy, and he had a folder in his hands. And I don't know why, I just thought, I think he works here. Um, and I said to him, do you work here? He says, yeah, I'm the caretaker. I said, well, oh, okay. So we've been staying, uh, it's called the Georgian Pilgrims Hotel, if anybody's interested, by the way. I said, we were staying in the Abbott's The Bear Room. Um, is it known to be haunted in there? And he said, yeah. And he, he this folder he was just by chance holding, had all these pictures of ghostly images that people had captured over the years in this hotel. And he said, did you get touched on the leg? (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's what he likes, right? Yeah, exactly. The story goes that there was a monk there who was having, because it used to be uh, an abbey, I think, or it was connected to the abbey. And the monk um, was having an affair with a nun and uh, the abbot actually found out and bricked the monk into the cellar and left him to die. 
Um, mm. So, you know, we, we don't know whether that's true or whether it's mythical, but um, it certainly felt like a male energy to me. Um, <laughs> and Andy actually got really annoyed with it after about three hours of this nonsense and said, will you just go away? <laughs> I know that's right. Oh my gosh. One of our chat room folks says, hell no, they'd be sleeping in the car. <laughs> I, I agree. And I have to laugh because you said it's the Georgian Pilgrim Hotel. And I'm like, yes. I'm a Georgian and I want a pilgrimage to Glastonbury, but I'm not going to make a reservation there. No way. No, well, I think it's, it's so fun because clearly you were meant to stay there and it was to confirm yeah. certain things because the man had the folder then like right there. I know. It, Andy said this is like something out of a scary horror movie. And I said to the, the caretaker man, I said, he said, did you feel like Glastonbury was calling you here? And I said, yeah. And he was like, well, it'll call you back again. And then he just like walked off and me and Andy were just like, what just happened? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. That's like an episode on TV that you see. And then they never came yeah. back again. <laughs> no, but, uh, <laughs> that's one of the things about Glastonbury, the tour and that town, they say that um, people are drawn there and there is the wild um, elemental kingdom and of course also darker energies are drawn there just mm. like lighter in images and so when yeah. you're around these vortex uh, places that especially a chakra center of the planet the, the discernment factor of like which shops to go in as you're walking down the yeah. street and which shops to not go in because the vibe yeah. is kind of like uh, darker if you will uh, did you yeah. experience that as well as you were strolling about? Yeah, actually, Andy noticed that the bookshop that was uh, kind of opposite us had, uh, you know, satanic Bibles and um, all kinds of imagery that I'm not too keen on in the window. So we definitely didn't go in there. And um, yeah, you, you kind of, it's such a mishmash of energies for sure. Um, mm -hmm. It can feel a little overwhelming. Um, I don't think I'd want to spend more than a weekend there um, unless I was like really layered up with like covered in crystals, you know. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's it's an interesting place for sure, and there's a lot of really interesting history around there as well. Well, yes, and that's one of the beautiful parts about even when you're drawn to going places, it's usually because there's an aspect of yourself that uh, right. is calling you back there to either retrieve a soul fractal or to feel the feeling that was enjoyed there in a past life or even family rootedness for parts of your family that you don't even know because they're in the dimensional realms rather than your 3D visible lineage. And so, you know, I know that my call to come to Glastonbury is, is to pick up a piece of something that I need yeah. soulfully there. And I think that we 
I had just got back from Shasta from our activation there in July, our high heart activation, probably within a few weeks of you being at Glastonbury. So it was like yeah. I was crossing something off of your bucket list, too, in terms of Shasta. Yeah. And you were crossing off something of my bucket list and going to Glastonbury as well. For sure. And I don't believe that it's by coincidence that, you know, we were at these kind of um, earthly energy centers in a similar time period, because if you think back to the summer, there was a lot of very interesting global events and energies taking place, right? And I think that um, when, when I was at the top of the tour, I actually sent Reiki energy and healing into, you know, Mother Earth, Gaia, um, because I felt that that, that, need it just needed some love like mm-hmm. um and I can't really make sense of it but you know I just I follow what my guides ask me to do or what my intuition mm-hmm. tells me to do and yeah I just trust that it's all happening for a reason well I mean we all know that this planet and the disregard for her energy and body is one yeah. of the reasons we're manifesting the things that we are experiencing in terms of, of, um, you know, negative, we just can't willy-nilly utilize all the resources of something. And so the healing of Gaia's heart is just as needed as the healing of our individual heart. So the fact that you were like, let me do Reiki for Gaia's heart to help her, you know, and whatever my quantity is that I am able to contribute to here, the healer in you, answered that call in a very literal way so thank you (laughs) (laughs) yeah and it's like what you were saying as well you know with you um going to mount shasta i know you picked up on some pretty um interesting energy there like the kind of spinning sensation is Mm -hmm. uh, similar um as you know joel we had this conversation i was in london last weekend and uh I, we went to the British Museum, which has a whole section on ancient Egypt, which I've always felt very connected to. And I think a lot of us do. Um, I think a lot of us have had past lives there. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I got in there, um, the energy in that exhibition was extremely different to the whole rest of the place. I literally felt like I was spinning. And mm-hmm. I said to Andy, the only way I can describe it is like I'm standing on some kind of portal right now. And you said, I had that sensation in Mount Shasta. Yes, yes, for sure. And that, I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to get into that next. The British Museum is one of the largest repositories of artifacts in the world and these artifacts are from every continent basically where there's been european colonialism and um of the continent of africa and certainly into northern africa into egypt and so the you know in native native american indigenous practices there's a sacredness to buried objects and bodies so even the presentation of mummified things, it is educational for us on a level to actually be able to see the sarcophagus and the mummies and stuff, but it is also, as we become more aligned with the awareness, it is very uh, much a violation to disturb ancestral remains to some cultures. So 
there's a juxtaposition of seeing these things and then the emotional reality, which as an empath, it seems like you keyed very strongly into more of the emotional experience of the mummified uh, beings that you saw displayed there. Yeah, for sure. Like, it's so interesting because, you know, you don't... I didn't go into that exhibit having any expectations of what I would feel or anything like that. Um, and when I saw the mummies, I just, it made me feel so emotional because, you know, that's a human being in that display case. I mean, yeah, of course, they've, they've passed, but, um, you know, that was someone's life. Um, and it almost, it's right what you said, it felt like a bit of a violation. Um, and although I appreciate that we have to learn about these things and, etc it 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 evoked uh something in me that i couldn't it was a it was a very strong emotional reaction i mean when i saw the child sarcophaguses um i felt like i wanted to sit on the floor and weep like i was actually crying and andy was like what's wrong with you so it's like really busy place you know kids everywhere and i'm standing there crying um but you know it was just such a strong feeling and i just felt that I'd had this past life or past lives, um, you know, where either a child of mine or I was a child that passed. It was, it was, mm-hmm. it was the only feeling I can describe it as is grief. Like, you know, mm-hmm. when someone dies mm-hmm. and you feel grief, I, that's what I was feeling. Yes. And when you were sharing in the first part of this interview about your extreme anxiety over your son in the initial months, I was Mm. thinking about you seeing those child, you know, mummified children, and it was like you felt it because you experienced it as a mother. And so when you saw that play and that grief and the weeping, it was releasing something in you to be healed, which is why you were drawn there, right, in order to activate that in a very visceral like way and to purge the tears because there is a commonality of all of our past life experiences so one of the things that we begin to do is identifying with the even if i haven't been a mother in this lifetime then i should still be able to identify with the deep grief of a mother who has lost her child you know, yeah. and to find the empathy between others' experiences of like abject poverty or a slavery, that kind of paradigm, um, yeah. we have to be able to walk a mile in another person's shoes, if not literally, then through the healing of the aspects of our multidimensional self that has been that mother who watched her child be buried or who lost her child before it came to term or you know uh even george floyd's mother which was one of the things that called out to many women during the pandemic months in that may is that when he cried out at the moment before he's passing for his mother Mm -hmm. that touched the hearts of thousands of women and activated them into that same kind of um, empathy response that inflamed the protest then that lasted for months and months and months because they could identify with the loss of one's child, you know. So the work that you're doing through your living experience is so 
amazing and interesting to me. You know, we could continue talking about um, your adventures, but I do have a couple callers who are going to want to come on here. If you've been on the phone lines listening, thank you so much. Those in the Zoom room and on the phone line, we are going to get ready here in just a moment to take calls. So if you are wanting to speak to Emily or ask a question, press the pound one key if you're on uh, Blog Talk and wave your hand, I think, if you're in the uh, Zoom room. So I'm hoping that everybody was able to get to this, but if not, then the replay, if you're listening to this on YouTube, please put questions in the comments and of the video because we will be keeping up with those as well. But um, so you're actually doing uh, a course in your increasing knowledge of learning until the end of this incarnation. You're learning Akashic Records practices to be able to provide that service to your clients. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, I started that in last month, January. I'm like, what month it is? What month is it? Um, I started it in January and I'll be completing that in April. Um, So I'm kind of halfway through at the moment. But um, it's really interesting for those who don't know what the Akashic Records are. It's basically like, think of it as a library of, um, you know, consciousness. So it basically holds your records, like your soul contracts, like what experiences you're going to have and um, every kind of information that that you have about your soul and yourself and your life and your lives, your past lives. Um, so with with this um, Akashic reading, I the lady who runs the course, Mia, Mia Renna, um, I actually went to her for a reading in the summer of last year and I was just blown away by the accuracy of it and um, what her reading and how she teaches us it helps us get to the root cause of some of the blocks that we might face in our lives. Um, So for me, she picked up on, uh, you know, an energy of disempowerment um, Mm. and, you know, low self-esteem. And um, this was something, as I mentioned earlier, that I had to kind of work on and I'm still working on. I'll probably always be working on it. Um, and there was just so much throughout that reading that I was like, wow, and it just helped me connect so many dots. And um, I felt like, you know, this would be a great thing to be able to offer my Reiki clients and the people that come to me for readings to kind of deepen their journey um, and to help them really and to, to help them get some answers with things that they may be struggling with cyclically like jealousy why they keep attracting Mm -hmm. you know abusive partners or why they feel like something's missing from their lives it who's who's their soulmate you know there's so many elements to it and it's it's just so thorough um and it's also really interesting because it works quite differently to reiki in that i don't have to connect to someone live um i can literally say their name their date of birth meditate and then go up to their akashic library get all the information and then connect with them afterwards and give them the information so it's not like energy work where you're um you know like you were saying joelle earlier with reiki um we are just a vessel but you can come away feeling quite drained because whether you help whether you like it or not some of your energy does go to that person um Mm -hmm. 
so with the Akashic Records, it works quite differently. And I think it will just be a really valuable um, thing for people to have done. It's really helped me. So. Yes. And I mean, Many Lives, Many Masters by Dr. Brian Weiss is a beautiful book to read. And yeah. he was a psychologist who was doing hypnotherapy work for his patients in order to help them get over phobias. And there was yeah. one particular client that he had that he could not, no matter what they had done, they weren't able to ever really address it. But one day, something that he said in the way of his prompting, it moved her beyond this incarnation. And suddenly she was another version of herself from another lifetime. And that was where the, I think it was a plane crash or something like that had happened. And so he began to experiment in a very methodical way that he talks about in the book and is able to show that, yes, they can heal resolved phobias from being able to go into earlier lifetimes. And then, you know, we've had people like Dolores Cannon who uh, brought a huge body of teaching forward about the work that she was doing with people in the soul records aspect of themselves. And so, I mean, there's lots of rabbit holes that you could go down to (laughs) in terms of the people who are practicing, but really you're going into your own personal rabbit hole to go in and figure out all that you have been, both good and bad, all of it's there in the Akashic library. You know, I love the library analogy of it and, One of the interesting things is that they say that beneath the Sphinx is the Hall of Records, right? The Akash (laughs) is an actual maybe like old technology, but the technology that we lost in Atlantis and all that, that beneath the Sphinx is where an actual physical representation of the data stored in the, the library that was saved before the cataclysms, I guess you would say. So that Egyptian yeah. connection of, you know, the library, the halls of Amenti, um, the emerald tablets, those things that are containing records that we are deciphering. So I'm super excited about your um, the pieces of the puzzle that you're collecting and sharing through your Instagram and through our conversations. And, of course, I'm going to be signing up to be a client, a, a guinea pig, a test <laughs> readings. And actually, I yeah. know a couple of the callers who are listening in the queue um, have recently connected also with portals, doing portal keeping work in past lifetimes, as well oh. as the Egyptian and comedic lifetimes. So, you know, we're all kind of doing similar things in our own way without realizing it. So that's very reassuring too. For sure. Yeah, I just always say everything is connected. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. Well, so I'm going to get ready to, oh, hold on, let me check the chat here. Oh, okay, one of our friends says they've been doing the Sphinx pose and yoga recently and that it's been very challenging. So, you know, that's interesting and exciting as well. Uh, Again, like there's so many ways that when you begin to open up to seeing everything is spirit connected, then it's like, wow, like Neo, like you said, when he comes out of there and realizes and sees all the ones and zeros like dropping out and begins to see things differently, 
you can't unsee it. And who would want to go back yeah. into seeing just the flat 3D reality? I definitely know I wouldn't. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, Same. we're going to take some calls here because I do have some hands that are popping up. People have called into the blog talk line. And, um, but before we do, can you please share how people can best reach you to have personal services? Yeah, of course. So, um, I do have a Facebook, which is Emily Sharples Reiki and Readings, or you can just search Emily Sharples and um, add me as a friend or whatever goes on on Facebook. Where I tend to hang out the most is Instagram. Um, my uh, tagline name is M Sharples Reiki 888. Um, or you can find me through uh, Joelle on there because she always tags me in, in things. Um, mm -hmm. And we also have a YouTube channel called Freedom Frequency. But all of the links to that is in my bio on Instagram. So Instagram is the best place to find me, really. Yes, you do so much. Are you on TikTok? Uh, yes, I recently activated a TikTok a couple of months ago. I'm still getting the hang of it, but yes, I am. Okay, I, I'm not on TikTok yet. I'm like, I don't need another off. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> I kind of thought that you were because I could see from the way that, like, you produce your videos. Uh, please do check out her IG because they're always informative. And she's got little text box that pop up. And, you know, I'm in, in admiring your use of technology, <laughs> you know, for sure. It is very <laughs> motivating, again, in terms of skill development, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Well, but, uh, I've got Andy to help me with all of that kind of techie stuff because I'm not a wizard either. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good why you got a partner in this. So um, yeah. I'll definitely put the links to those of you catching this on YouTube. The links to connect with Emily will also be in the description box below the video. So we do have a couple callers with their hands uh, raised. And so okay. if please be aware that you are having your reading in public and on, uh, you know, a format that it will be captured. Um, you can just give you, and uh, depending on how Emily works, we'll get into that in a second, but you can just give your first name or your initial. Uh, and, of course, if it gets too private, then you are welcome mm -hmm. to contact Emily for a more personal reading offline somewhere. So we definitely don't want to necessarily get into the weeds no. too much. But um, Emily, do you have any guidance as for how you're going to work with people in, in these mini readings? Um, well, I kind of opened up my chakras and everything before I came on. Um, so hopefully I'll, and you know, called in, in my guides for information and just that the intention that the messages that come through will be for the person's highest and greatest good i've also got my oracle decks in front of me so i may use them if there's a specific question um yeah we'll just kind of see what comes up i guess <laughs> yes and that's awesome i'm glad you said that because i always encourage people before you open up for a spiritual conversation with somebody, then you should make sure that they are aligned with a frequency and resonance that you agree with. And so you're um, asking for the highest good of that person and yeah. the highest good of all is very, very important for me in terms of the psychic conversation. So I am glad you said that. So uh, we're going to get started here with the readings, and I'll just be here in the back seat driving while you all have your conversation. And 
So our first caller is a caller ending in 4885. You're on the Psychic Inside show with Emily. Hello, my name is Patricia. Hi, Patricia. Welcome. Hi. Yes, hi. Hi, Emily. Hi, how are you? Hi. Good, good. I like to... Uh, I don't know. How do you go about this? I told you my name. Uh, what else do you need? Info do you need? No, your name is fine. Do you have a question or anything that you wanted to uh, speak about? Uh, yes. I... <sighs> I would... Um, I'm concerned uh, with... Uh, I'm relocating to live in New Mexico, uh, and I'm waiting on, it's regarding the housing, uh, the oh, income-based housing, um, and I'm rescheduled my transportation for April 4th, um, and I've talked to the persons, and uh, so I'm just hoping is should I be focused on just those type of housings or others, and will and will I be moved in? Because if I'm leaving by train on the fourth from the Midwest to there, and I'll arrive April fifth, so I am written down my statement, my affirmation statement, and all this, and I'm just releasing it, but still. Um, I'm hoping this person who's in charge with the agency, the housing authority, you know, that she, you know, gives the go-ahead and gets this all started. I mean, it has started, but it's slow into letting the new tenants in. So will I, all listening. Okay, so it's really interesting because as you were speaking, um, I sent like this kind of, frustration and just like anxiety and that for sure is you know a, a situation that sounds quite unpredictable um I, I shuffled my pack of cards and the, the cards that I chose to use were the energy oracle cards and the card that flew out um is a card that is called all tied up and the image on the card is a lady and um she looks kind of nervous and she's got barbed wire um being wrapped around her body um, so I feel like this represents the energy of you in this situation. You might feel a little bit tied up with everything right now, um, you know, kind of unsure of how things are going to work out. And um, the message of the card is lack of motion or sense of personal freedom. Um, and I'll just read you what the description says, and then you can let me know what your thoughts are. Um, it says this card shows a woman tied up with vines around her wrist, body and arms. Receiving this card represents a situation in your life where things seem to be stuck. Um, a major drama may be going on around you, stopping you from moving forward, or it may be that some technicalities are blocking your way, uh, which is what I suspect it is with you from what you've shared. Um, perhaps you're waiting for a contract to be signed or an agreement to be made. Whatever is holding things up, the restrictions may be feeling quite oppressive at this time. Uh, if this isn't technically the case for you, what's tying you up is your own personal stuff. Look at your life and see how you can be your own jailer. Are you tying yourself up in some emotional angst? 
or in a negative habit that you're not dealing with. If so, it's time to cut the vines and make some changes. Uh, you needn't live in your self-imposed jail any longer. But I actually feel that it's more about the technicalities as you've described. Um, what is kind of coming through to me is it feels like a situation that you're kind of don't really have any control in at the moment. Um, and with those situations, it's really difficult um, because it will just keep going round and round in our head. And I think the difficulty is the anxiety of it because we want to know, you know, that things are going to be okay. Um, are, are you a spiritual um, kind of person? It sounds like you are with your manifestations. Do you, do you um, use tools like meditation and things like that at all, Patricia? Yes, uh, prayer, meditation, chanting mantras. Yeah. Um, what else? Yeah. <laughs> I do some most <laughs> um, of energy work and energy healing on me. Um, yeah. Yes. So. Okay. So, what I would suggest is it. Um, are you struggling with um, you know these? thoughts that keep going around and you feel like you can't get a clear answer to it is that something is it like affecting you daily well i've called and spoke to the uh person the worker you know in that office the housing authority office and these are new buildings or new constructions of housing yeah so there's what i got this past last week that they are still construct. It's two different buildings, or two different properties, and the one tenants are beginning to move into slowly, and the other, uh, they're still building on it, still putting, I guess, last minute constructions and on that. Um. So, <laughs> um, and it's like okay, so I'm and I'm trying to estimate and get the answers from her. Okay, when is that going to happen? So she was saying, yeah, you know, by March and possibly, I guess the first part of April. And it's okay because I've already bought my train ticket uh, back right. what in December. But then Amtrak, they anyway. Uh, they uh, they had to they notified me that they weren't able to travel and then of course I rescheduled for March and then so it's like then I rescheduled again for April fourth. Right. And so you, you uh, want to know if it's going to be ready by then? Right. Right. And of course I'm working on you know getting these work from home you know side jobs and jobs. <clears throat> to increase my income and you know while I'm working on developing my freelance writing and business and other you know areas so yes yeah. my attention sounds is like you have a lot spread. going on yes <laughs> yeah well it's really interesting Patricia as you were talking and I shuffled the deck again and the card that came out was the victory card um now, what I was hearing in my head was April, but I'm not sure if it's going to be April the 4th or maybe I'm I'm never certain with timelines because timelines can change. 
Um, however, right. I feel like it will probably be ready a little bit after April the 4th, but it will be in the month of April is what I'm feeling. So, um, you know, I'm wondering if there's a possibility of you maybe traveling there, but it could be that you're ending up staying with somebody else or in a hotel or something for a week while they're just finalizing it. Um, but the card that's come out is victory. So, you know, one way or another, I do feel that it will be done in April, whether it's by the 4th, I'm not sure. Um, I'm actually going to use my pendulum as well. I have a crystal pendulum that I use um, for yes or no. Um, so I'm just going to ask it, will the development be ready by April the 4th? So I'm getting a no for the 4th. So um, let's have a look and see if it will be ready a week after the 4th. So when when is that going to be? I'm rubbish at math. Um, I think that's the 11th, isn't it? So will it be ready by the 11th? And I'm actually getting a solid yes on that. So I feel that, you know, it will be it will be ready um, sort of mid-April. So does that answer your question or have you got anything else you wanted to ask? Uh, yeah, I, I do uh, get some. Yeah, I'm glad that you did that. Um, I'm considering uh, um, starting. Hmm. I want to write my book. It's a memoir. Um, and I've started writing, wow. you know, my composition book. Uh, and I'm, I had wrote, I wrote it down, wrote a statement that I wanted to write it and self-publish it. Uh, now the self, and I, I jumped ahead a couple of months ago and just, you really want to do action is this publisher that I initially went with and I have, you know, you know, let her know that, you know, I'm I wasn't going to move forward. But is she that right person? Okay. I don't know okay. if you need her name. Um, I'll just quickly give you this card and then I think we're gonna have to move on to the next caller. So we've got the thinking yep, yep, woman. Um so it says, uh, this card shows a woman holding a book, standing before a staircase, ready to lead you to higher understanding. Um, and it's basically about a female influence that can take your life in a new direction. So, you know, if the uh, publisher um, is a female, I would say that that's a very positive sign. Okay, so all I right. I hope that helps. Yes, thank you very much. Thank you for your time and have a blessed day. You're welcome, you too. Thank you Thank so you. much for calling today. It was uh, perfect and uh, just grateful for your being willing to share in public space. So, all right, Emily, wonderful, wonderful. I, I'm like, I can see those cards in that deck because I have it in my <laughs> um, Just share a little bit about, like, the pendulum while we get ready for the next caller. Yeah, of course. So, um, a pendulum is, um, I actually made like a little video on this on Instagram, I think, um, but it's basically like a little crystal that's attached to a chain um, and you hold it and you program it and you just ask it which way it's going to swing for a yes answer and which way it's going to move for a no answer. Um, and it's basically just like an extension of your higher self, basically. So it just helps you 
um, with your intuition and to get those answers pretty quickly, which is good in a scenario like this, right? <laughs> yes, it is. I've, I, you know, I've been challenged with the pendulum. I just don't know if it's my tool, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, but I love seeing people who have just that confidence and it begins swinging and you're just able to bring forth more clarity. So that was cool to get to uh, experience through the, that particular caller. So yeah. our, our next caller is with the last four digits, yeah. 7618. You're on the psychic... Inside show with Emily. Railroad Avenue. Hi, I'm good, thank you. How are you? What is it? Oh, five. One, two, four, five. Seven, six, one, eight. Can you hear us? I don't know what happened now. Okay, 2105. Oh, okay. They might have gone into a store or something. I'm going to put my trusty assistant and co-manager, Tanya, in the green room to check in real quick with that particular caller off air and see if they still have a question to ask. So in the meantime, we've got another caller here, uh, caller 2089. You are on the Psychic Inside Show with Emily. Good morning or afternoon. Hi. Hi, Emily. Hi, Joelle. Thank you for having me on. Hi. Nice to meet you. (laughs) This is my, one of my BFF, Stacey. Yay. The whole team, the Great Valley Tribe is uh, here to support and connect. So thank you for tuning in on this beautiful Sunday morning. Oh, thank you. This has been so much fun. I, I put in the chat. It was magical and so, so much fun. So Emily, thank you for um <laughs> thank you for coming on. When you were talking about the Sphinx um in over the records, I just recently had my first Akashic record or uh, Akashic reading and it was so amazing. And then in yoga, I've been doing the Sphinx pose mm-hmm. this week and it was now I understand that that was what was happening over my records. But I was like so, <laughs> well, what's, what's the word? I couldn't get it together. I was falling off of my elbows and <laughs> our yoga instructor, we all, we visit the same studio. Our yoga instructor was giggling and like, no, pull your, <laughs> pull your elbows forward. And <laughs> it was a whole thing. So when you said that, it resonated so deeply because I've been getting my Akashic record and Fink's situation in order. And I've also just been introduced to a program um, or a, a um I'm also taking some Akashic record um, and some other modality, um, healing modality classes, I guess, if you will. I just enrolled in the program. And so to hear you talk about you and yours and then I'm getting getting tongue-tied because I am feeling this so intently. Aww. It's always good to meet people that, like, you know, you're on the same wavelength with and that you resonate with and you're clearly part of our soul family. 
Um, and that's amazing about the Sphinx pose. And like I said, everything is connected. So no surprise that you've called in and you're connected with me and Joelle. So yeah, it's lovely to hear from you. Did you have um, like a question or anything you wanted me to kind of take a look at for you or whatever? Whatever would be great. I'd like for you to just pull cards yeah. for me. Let's hear what the universe has to say. Okay. Well, I'm going to use two decks um, and because I was shuffling as you were talking and it's the, Joelle, you'll know this card, it's the sun, um, which <laughs> is, in my perspective, the happiest card in, you know, tarot or oracle. Um, so that is like a really positive card to get. So this card represents new beginnings and great creativity. Um, so it says the sun brings blessings to the earth and this card portends blessings in your own life as well. Just as the sun nurtures the earth, bringing new life in the spring and the summer, this is your time for a new beginning, the onset of a nurturing new light in your life, the light of divine inspiration and personal growth. And I want to add in spiritual growth as well, because I feel like your spiritual journey is like on a rocket right now. I'm being shown like a vision of you sat on a literal rocket. So, you know, I feel like that that's just your energy right now. And it says this card often marks a great time of creativity, bringing the culmination of an important new project, such as the birth of a baby or the writing or publication of a book, or even the birth of a new you. Now is the time to put your energy into expressing your truth and your vision. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a great time for you if you're thinking about manifesting new things or bringing in um, some sort of new energy or doing a new hobby or a career path. It's a great um, and kind of this is the word I want to use and I don't even know what it means, but fortuitous time for you right now. And sometimes they give me these big words and I'm like, <laughs> what does that mean? Um, but yeah, for sure, that's a really positive card. Um, and then the second card we've got is actually from the Kyle Gray Angels and Ancestors deck, which is the great teacher card. And this has an image of um, sort of a Jesus looking guy on it. Um, and this is the card of learning from spiritual experience. And it says, know that what is happening around you is divinely inspired. Learn from your current experiences and share them with others. And it's saying that this card can represent a teacher in your life or the great teacher within. And I feel like you are getting a lot of intuitive insights at the moment, but you just need to learn to trust those a little bit more. Um, I feel like sometimes you see a sign or you get a sign from spirit and you're like, was that a sign or was it me? Um, so if that is you, then you've got to trust yourself more in your intuition because I feel like you're very intuitive. Um, and it just says you are having spiritual experiences at this time and gaining a greater awareness of what you need to do in order to grow. And there's a great chance if you've had any challenges recently that you've overcome them and allowed them to be lessons that have helped your spiritual connection. So this card is really a giant pat on the back from spirit to say, you know, you're doing good, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm over here clapping my hands like, woo, yay! <laughs> yay! Yay! That is right on. I, I, yeah. That's right on target with what with oh, what is wow. happening. I'm ecstatic to be at this place in my life, experiencing what I'm experiencing with whom I'm experiencing it. It is um, a it's 
it's a rocket. It's I've I've been saying a magical like a carpet ride, but yeah, it's a rocket ship ride. So <laughs> yay! Oh, <laughs> awesome! <laughs> I'm really glad, and those are two great cards. <laughs> yes, they are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, they are. Thank you. Stacy, thank you so much for joining. Um, I have another caller here to get on, and I do have a question in the chat room. So um, no. for those of you who have been joining, let me give you uh, the Zoom number to just dial in and the meeting code because my blog talk, I think, is going to cancel this at the two-hour mark because of the level. I have only two hours, I think, per day. So let me see if we can pull those numbers out for you real quickly here. Um, and well, while I do that, let me get the caller on real quick who's been holding uh, from before. Uh, this right. is caller, the other Stacy with the caller 7618. You're on with Emily. Hello. Hey, Emily, how are you? Hi, Hi I'm good, thank you. Okay. How are you? Not bad. Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. Have you got a question for me? Um, I'm in the process right now looking for a new uh, a new job. Uh, and I just want okay. to see, do you think I'd be hired sometime in March? Or do we look like it's going toward April? But I, I'm crossing my fingers it'll be in March. Okay. So... <laughs> It's funny, I was shuffling my cards and a card has flown out, but before I do that, before I read you the card, I'm just going to use my pendulum to get a quick yes or no answer for you. So let's ask um, whether Stacey is going to be hired in March. And sure. immediately I've got a yes. Okay. <laughs> immediately I've got a yes for March. Yes, okay. Um, I'm actually... I'm actually hearing, um, like, it's definitely got an eight, like, it could be the 18th of March, that's kind of, which is interesting, because that was my son's uh, due date for his birth, but I'm feeling like the 18th of March, um, it could be an interview, or you may get an offer in, so you'll have to come back and let me know. <laughs> I will, yeah. Um, and awesome. then, yes, please do. Um, and then the card that has come out is a really interesting card, which is the Adjacent Possibilities card. And this card has lots of open doors on it, which always, to me, signifies lots of opportunities. Um, so it could be that you might have a choice to make in March. Um, so I'll read you what it says. It says, sometimes the force of habit keeps you stuck and unaware of potentially healthier and happier choices at hand. Yet every moment gives you the option to open a different door and take a different course, whether it's your thoughts, behaviours or major life decisions. Unlike the indecision card, which indicates confusion about which course to take, this card is here to tell you that you have many options. So, you know, you might you might have the employers knocking down your door, hopefully. Um, okay. And it's time to take a wider look at things. It says, as you consider the many choices available, you'll feel more empowered and motivated to make the decisions that bring happiness, strength, and forward motion. Um, and it says in terms of your goals, this card could indicate unknown 
and previously unconsidered ideas. Um, so yeah, and it's just saying to be conscious and flexible and willing to take new and different direction. Um, so is it like a certain kind of career path that you're treading down? Because I'm wondering if what's going to be presented to you may be slightly different from what you expect it to be. Yeah, I'm actually looking to go into the hotel hospitality industry. Okay. So, um, so yeah. yeah, that's interesting. So if you're kind of thinking of a specific role in that industry, it may be that what you get offered is a slightly different role, but I see you working in that industry, but it may be a slightly different role to what you're kind of thinking at the moment. So say if you're looking, you know, to uh, work in the kitchen environment, it could be that you're um, working more in the uh, reception area or something like that. So yeah, I'll be interested to hear back from you in March. All right, I'll give you a call then to let you know. But yeah, I still have a uh, yeah, several years experience uh, and as an executive assistant, but I want to go into maybe the public relations side of uh, the hotel industry, something differently. Oh, I didn't quite catch the last part of what you said, sorry. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've always worked in, in administration, so definitely I would like to stay, I would like to uh, get a job in the yeah. hotel uh, industry, but Maybe something in PR, public relations, something differently, something exciting. Yeah, and you know what? I think as well, I see what I'm feeling for you as well, that it, it's going to be a role where you're going to be um, helping people. Um, I feel like you've got quite a passion for helping people and, you know, serving people and making them feel really comfortable and so I see whatever role you get offered to be a very sort of like kind of customer service, but like not, maybe not in the traditional sense. It seems like you're going to be helping other people in whatever you get offered. So yeah, it could be human resources or admin. I'm not sure, but you'll have to let us know. I sure will. Okay, that sounds awesome. Well, Thank you for holding and for listening and having your question this evening. And um, please know, all of you who are on here, um, Emily and I are going to be doing a joint live on my YouTube channel, The Vibrary. And that, I think, will probably happen in the next week or so. So um, I'm looking forward to doing that. Uh, this is going to be like our first time doing these together, and uh, we always just have such a great time playing with spirit together, and so for each of you listening, keep, you know, keep abreast and stay tuned because we'll put the announcement, uh, you know, on both her and my Instagram as to what the date will be. It looks like Sundays are kind of a good time for us to connect with the time difference, so uh, we'll have more questions to be answered for people who join us on the live chat for that event as well. So, all right, that sounds good, and I will be calling you. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, you got to give the update, Emily, about how things turn out with your ship. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I want to sure know. And also, 
Also, I was just going to quickly say that I was seeing you with a headset on, so it's definitely going to be something where you're talking on the phone <laughs> as well. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Um, so right. Um, thank you for your – have a great rest of your day. I'm sorry I'm multitasking here because I've got the 90-second warning, and we are going to get cut off on the blog talk portion. But I am going to ask the last question uh, that was in the chat in the Zoom as a way of continuing that. And so uh, the recording will then be uploaded to YouTube, and that will be from this particular extension. So, you know, we're going to do a little editing and stretch my technology skills. But to each of you on Blog Talk, thank you so much for joining us, and thank you for tuning in to hear about Emily's amazing life and Emily, is there any last words you have here in this last 30 seconds for our audience on Blog Talk? Thank you so much for listening and just sending you all lots and lots of love. <laughs> yes, wonderful. <laughs> I will see you all again next time on the Psychic Inside Show. The light in me absolutely honors the light in you. Namaste. Namaste.